This is a Willits Point Shea Stadium bound 7 express train. The next and last stop is Willits Point Shea Stadium. it is the subway to shade podcast anthony rivera here with you talking about all the news and happenings surrounding that team from queens the new york mets you can follow the show on twitter and instagram at subway to shade listen and subscribe to the show on anchor.fm apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, and breaker turn on those notifications to never miss an episode of subway to shade Please take a few minutes to write me a review and let me know what you think of the show, what you like, what you don't like. I want to make this show better each and every week. So by going on Apple Podcasts, leaving a five-star rating, which I'm hoping that you do, and writing a review in the comments section will only help me to help make this show better each and every week. If you're a new listener to this podcast, thanks for joining us. And if you've been a supporter this whole entire time, from the beginning... I can't thank you enough. This podcast continues to grow every week. We get new listeners every week, and I'm so, so happy that each and every one of you are joining me on this journey as I cover my favorite baseball team, the New York Mets. And I'm pretty sure your favorite baseball team if you're listening to this. So I appreciate you all. Make sure to follow my work for Rising Apple. Rising Apple is a New York Mets site on the fan side and network. You can read my articles by going to risingapple.com or checking out the links in the description of this week's podcast. And I got two articles actually out this week. One is on Brad Ausmus possibly being a name considered for the role as manager. I know a lot of talk is about Buck Showalter, and we're going to get into that in this week's episode as well as Brad Ausmus, but I decided to go a different route. Everyone's been talking about Buck. I wanted to talk about another candidate, and it ended up being Brad Ausmus. So I want you to check out that article that's out there. And also, I wrote an article on Seth Lugo and how he is a key cog to the bullpen for the Mets in 2022. So hopefully he comes back healthy. You can catch both of the links to that in this week's podcast description. So make sure to check that out. Make sure to follow Rising Apple on Twitter at Rising Apple Blog and the Fan Sided Network at Fan Sided. Now, let's get into this week's episode of Subway to Shea. And we are already in for a very important couple of weeks as Steve Cohen, Billy Epler, and Sandy Alderson have officially begun their search for the next manager of the New York Mets. So let me get into my initial thoughts. And who I initially wanted as candidates for the role as manager of the Mets. And I thought, let's talk about a veteran. And let's talk about a, I always say newbie, but a new person that hasn't managed yet. This will be their first chance. Now, my initial thoughts was I thought John Gibbons would be the veteran manager that they could go after. And as... A new manager, I thought Joe McEwing, Super Joe, why not? Why not give him a shot? I don't know if he's a third base coach, but I definitely know he's on the coaching staff for the Chicago White Sox. And, you know, both of these guys were Mets. Joe McEwing more uh, prevalent, especially lately, because in the late 2000s, he was a part of 
the actually in the early 2000s he was a part of that 2000 National League Championship team and he was a super utility guy I thought he was great John Gibbons managed the Toronto Blue Jays and helped them go to the American League Championship Series not too long ago so I thought those were two guys that I was interested in for the Mets and the Mets clearly were not interested in any of those guys they didn't even get a call-in or an interview so those guys are out all right now, I'm hoping that this episode gives me, as well as you, a clearer picture of who the next manager should be. So we are going to break down each candidate who has been confirmed to have had an interview and also some names that have just been rumored. So let's go off with the rumors. First, let's get this whole rumor of David Wright and or Curtis Granderson out of the way. Those guys are not going to be managers of the Mets fan favorites. We all love them. I just don't see it happening. Maybe Curtis Granderson can be on a coaching staff, but not a manager off the bat. Let's not do the Aaron Boone thing where he's just an absolute newbie, an absolute new guy coming in to the team. The Mets don't need that right now, and I'm going to get into that further. I also don't think Wright has any interest in being on the coaching staff or being a coach right now. He's enjoying fatherhood with his kids. He was out in LA, I think, last season and just, just enjoying life. I don't think I've heard any inkling of him wanting to be manager. Other names rumored, Bruce Bochy, which I thought was an absolute long shot of happening. He's a grizzled veteran and it would have been perfect to bring him in here, but they never gave him an interview and I don't, just don't think that the two lines met. And how about Carlos Beltran, right? Carlos Beltran managed the Mets for, what, a month before he was ousted due to the whole situation with the Houston Astros? He didn't even get a interview. Maybe he ends up being on a coaching staff, but right now, Carlos Beltran as the manager, I don't think is what the Mets are going for. So I don't know if they were considered on the initial list, but they definitely weren't considered as part of the main guys that got the interview portion this past week. Now let's get on to the seven, now six confirmed candidates, and we start off with the one that has been talked about the most. Well, we're going to get into the one that has been talked about the most, but I want to get out of the way one guy. I know I said seven, now six candidates, because Don Kelly, who's the Pirates bench coach, he was scheduled to have an interview, and due to personal reasons, Don Kelly withdrew his name from the interview. I hope all is well with him and what's going on. You know, personal reasons. I hope that everything is okay in his personal life. I just never really thought that he was an legit option for the Mets, especially with all the other names that were mentioned. I just don't see it with Don Kelly. But, you know, they considered his name in there. He withdrew it. And we now have another six candidates. And like I said, let's start off with the one that has been talked about the most, and that is Buck Showalter. We're going to break down each and every one of these candidates. We are going to look at the positives, the negatives, because each of them have them. So we're going to check in, and I'm pretty sure you know a lot about these guys, but we're going to just you know get back into that thought process and really dive deep into who these guys are. Buck Showalter, right? He's the one that's been talked about the most, right? He's 65 years old. A 20-year managing career. His record, 1,551 wins to 1,517 losses. That's a 506 winning percentage. Three-time manager of the year in 1994, 2004, and 2014. He had his best year with the Yankees when they went 70-43. and 43. He had a 6 
19 winning percentage. And that came, unfortunately, coinciding with the 1994 lockout. The team that that Yankee group had put together, they could have went to the World Series that year. But with the lockout, didn't end up happening. So let's go into some positives here. He knows New York very well, right? Managed the Yankees for four years, helped rebuild that team. And he also helped rebuild a new franchise in the Arizona Diamondbacks once he left the Yankees. And he helped the Baltimore Orioles get to the playoffs for the first time in over a decade. Now, interesting piece right here. Mike Vaccaro in the New York Post kind of went through Buck Walter's time in a two-year span for each team. So let's look at that. In the space of two years, the Yankees went from 71 wins to 88 under Showalter. With the Diamondbacks, in a span of two years, went from zero wins to 100. With the Texas Rangers, he went from 72 wins to 89 wins. And then with the Orioles, he went from 66 wins to 93 under Showalter. So he has improved each and every team that he's went to. It may not have ended well, but he has improved these teams. Also, when he left the Yankees and Diamondbacks the next year, they won the World Series. I know that doesn't say much for Buck, but he helped build these teams to get them to the point so that they could win. Very leadership-oriented, no nonsense. He may be a little more serious than people like, but they said the same thing about Terry Collins being a serious manager, that he couldn't handle New York. And I thought he handled it fine. They may not have been the best team. They may have only had one or two good years under him. But Terry Collins was a very different manager than what he was perceived as coming into when he became the Mets manager. Now, here are some negatives. He hasn't managed since 2018, so it's been a while. Not as long of a gap as you would think. But has the game passed him by? Can he adapt to this new analytical-driven way that baseball is coming under? Will he be able to take advice and listen to the analytics? That is to be seen. I'm pretty sure going into these interviews that those scenarios that they put in there and, you know, figuring out all these analytic things, I think they talk about that with each candidate. I can't see them going into these interviews and not stressing how important the analytic part is to them. I think he can adapt. He loves baseball. What we will find out if he is the right fit for the Mets. Now, also, his you know he's only finished in first place three times out of the 20 years in his managerial career. Is that a red flag for you? I don't know. I mean, look at Joe Torre. He was an awful Mets manager. He was terrible manager before he got to the Yankees. And then they won four World Series. So maybe this is Buck's time. Obviously, he doesn't have a great record in the playoffs. They're 9-14 and and a 391 winning percentage in the postseason. He's only won one series. So, you know, that could be alarming for some fans. But, you know, he he's never had the best team under him. And, you know, maybe the Mets can provide that. Maybe the Mets can provide Buck Showalter with the team that he needs. Now, they started off well this offseason, and it's interesting. The latest coming from this whole situation with Buck Showalter in his interview, you know, his interview went well, and it's, he seems to be the clear front runner at the moment. Seems like the leading candidate because the media's been pulling for him. Everyone is pulling for him. Max Scherzer gave a vote of confidence and an endorsement. Terry Collins, Adam Jones. I haven't seen that for any other candidate yet, which is great for Buck Showalter. Also a little alarming because it just seems 
very obvious, right? I don't want you guys who are pulling for Buck to think this is a done deal. We got to be aware that Steve and Billy, they're trying to build a culture here. And they're trying to create this vision that they want for this team. Whether Buck's a part of that or not is to be seen. But I don't want you to give your hopes up if Buck Showalter doesn't become the manager. We have to be open to anything, right? And that's why I wrote the article about Brad Ausmus. No one was talking about Ausmus. Obviously, he got the interview, but everything has been about Buck. I wanted to get into the other candidates that could possibly be the manager of the Mets. And one of them is Brad Ausmus. He's kind of right in the middle for me, where he's a veteran manager, but also he's on the younger side. He's 52 years old, had a five-year managing career, a 386 and 422 record. That's a 478 winning percentage. One postseason appearance. That's his first time managing when he was in Detroit. That was his best year, 2014, when the Tigers went 90 and 72. They finished in first place in the AL Central, and then they got swept in the ALDS by who? None other than Buck Showalter's Baltimore Orioles. He managed Max Scherzer. That was his first year in Detroit, but Scherzer's last year in Detroit. And it's interesting to me, and we're going to get into this a little bit later, but Max Scherzer didn't really endorse Brad Ausmus at all, which I don't know if you find that alarming or that's something to consider for sure, but he definitely went to bat for Buck Showalter. Now back to Ausmus, he only spent one season with the Los Angeles Angels where they went 72-90, and and he got fired from the team after the one year, and that's because, you know, Artie Moreno wanted Joe Madden, and coincidentally, also with that, with Billy Epler there, Billy wanted to replace Ausmus with Buck Showalter. So take that in this small world that's going on. Let's look at some positives from Barrett Ausmus because there are some. At least for him, he has ties to Billy Epler like we mentioned from when Billy hired him to be the manager of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. And he was hired in 2019, but he didn't really have time to grow. We talked about this. Joe Madden was brought in by Artie Moreno because Moreno is a meddler, right? Moreno needs to have things done his way and his way only. But look at this. Joe Madden hasn't had much success there either, finishing under 500 in both his seasons as manager of the Angels. And he is considered one of the best managers out there, winning a World Series with the Cubs and taking the Rays to the World Series in 2008. So I don't know how to judge Brad Ausmus in his tenure for the Angels. I feel like it's incomplete that he didn't get an opportunity to really grow. They never really put a team on that field that was good enough. And they haven't done that for a while with Mike Trout there and Shohei Otani there. They, they have never put pitching together. They're starting to do that now, but they didn't do that before. Here are the negatives, though, of Brad Ausmus. Only had winning seasons two out of the five years, both of those in Detroit. And... He's not the most popular name out there. Feel like the Mets will want a bigger name rather than going with someone more, I would say, new. He's still he's still young and he's still new at managing, but I don't know if Brett Osmus is that enticing name that the Mets would want. But let's look at some of the younger names out there, some of the newbies in the sense that they haven't managed in the big leagues at all. So the two that have, Buck Showalter, and also Brad Ausmus. And now we're going to go into a couple that have not managed in the major leagues. 
And that one from the Tampa Bay Rays, Matt Catraro, 48 years old. He's the Tampa Bay Rays bench coach, was also their third base coach in 2018. He was the assistant hitting coach for the Cleveland Indians from 2014 to 2017. So he's kind of crossed paths with a one Francisco Lindor. He was with the Rays minor league system for most of his career as a manager, catching instructor, and minor league hitting coordinator. He's also interviewed for the A's job. And we got to remember, the A's are also looking for a manager at this time. So if you see some crossover with some of the Mets candidates and some of the A's candidates, that's going to be also a big deal with who decides where they're going to go. Now, the positives for Matt Cotraro, born and raised in New York, highly thought of throughout the league. Big thing is he was a finalist for the Giants and Pirates job, and that's before Gabe Kapler became the Giants manager and Derek Shelton became the Pirates manager. If you can remember, Derek Shelton, I think, was also thought out to be the possible manager of the Mets when they were searching. I I don't know if it was during the Callaway time or right before they hired Beltran, but I know Derek Shelton's name was mentioned for the Mets job not too long ago. He also interviewed with the Tigers before they brought in A.J. Hinch. So people around the league really like Cotraro. And let's look. The Rays' lineage of coaches has been very good. Adam Berry, a Rays beat reporter, said two of the Rays' last three bench coaches have gone on to become major league managers. And Cotraro could follow the path of a Dave Martinez, who went on to be the Nationals manager and won a World Series with the Nationals, and a Charlie Montoya, who is now the Blue Jays manager. You look at the who came from the Rays organization. Gabe Kapler, also. Derek Shelton and Rocco Baldelli also became managers after leaving Tampa. Now, I found this tweet from my good friend, Wardy NYM. He said, since becoming a MLB coach in 2014, Cotraro has never been a part of a losing club. Through eight seasons in different roles with the Guardians and the Rays, he's experienced playoffs in five of those years, which included two World Series berths and four first place division finishes. He's a winner. He's definitely a winner, and that's something to consider moving forward. I've only found one negative, and he's the new manager. You know, do we want to go the same route as a Callaway and as a Rojas again? Do we want to go that route? And this is the same thing for the next candidate, who I think if I was to choose a new manager, a fresh manager, a rookie manager, it would be the next candidate that I'm talking about, and that is Joe Espada. 46 years old, current bench coach of the Houston Astros, started in 2018. He replaced Placed Alex Cora when Cora went to the Boston Red Sox, and he worked under A.J. Hinch. He's working under Dusty Baker. He used to be the Yankees special assistant to Brian Cashman in 2014. He was a third-base coach from 2015 to 17, so he's crossed paths with Billy Epler when Billy was a part of the Yankees front office. I know that a lot of people think that he's the next coming of the Alex Cora. Everyone's looking for the next Alex Cora or the next Kevin Cash, and Joe Espada and also Cotraro are on that list of managers or possible managers that could take that leap into becoming an Alex Cora or a Kevin Cash. Now, let's talk about some positives. Joe Expada has had experience in New York. We just talked about it, him with the Yankees. He has a huge analytical background. I know a lot of people either like the analytics or they hate the analytics. And he was instrumental in implementing the infield shift. We all know the shift last year with the Mets. You know, he believes in it. He's a really good infield instructor. 
Mets got better defensively last year, but needed a lot more work, especially up the middle with the cross-ups between Lindor and McNeil. And this is a guy who can come in with the infield defense and improve on what they did last year. They weren't perfect last year. And even I've talked about having problems with their shifting and overshifting. Maybe a guy like Espada, who has this huge analytical background and has been an infield instructor, can really hone in on making the Mets defense elite. Now, in a Chicago Tribune article from Tim Bannon in 2019, when he was a candidate for the Cubs job, there was this quote as, infield coach, Espada worked with the analytics team to develop a smarter shifting strategy. He was experienced playing the game, experienced in the trenches, coaching in an organization with a good manager. And that's from uh, Jeff Lewinow made that quote as he told the Dallas Morning News when Espada interviewed for the Rangers managerial job not too long ago. Obviously, he's bilingual, bicultural, a really good understanding of traditional aspects of the game as well as the new aspects of the game. A good package over overall and that was from that Chicago Tribune article and quoted from the you know the Jeff Lewinow who is now no longer with the Houston Astros. Some negatives for him, like I mentioned before, he's never managed before. So we don't know how he would turn out. He would be a rookie manager. This would be the Mets fourth first time manager in four years. And that's if you count Beltran. And I feel like he's being groomed in Houston to take over for Dusty. My gut tells me he stays down there. He knows the organization. He knows the players. This would be a whole new system for him to get into. I'm pretty sure he's up to the task, but I'm pretty Pretty sure the Astros are going to do whatever it takes to keep his spot up and make him the next manager when Dusty decides to retire. There was a couple of other candidates. Bob Guerin, who was with the Mets, and we're going to talk about that. He's 60 years old. He managed the Oakland A's from 2007 to 2011 with a 334 and 376 record. That's a 470 winning percentage. Never finished over 500 in any of those seasons. Was the Mets bench coach from 2012 to 2015 under Terry Collins. As you know, the Mets went to the World Series in 2015. He became the Dodgers bench coach in 2016 under Dave Roberts, and he was a part of three National League pennants and a World Series championship in the shortened 2020 season. Positives for Garen, his analytical approach. He really helped out Terry Collins as his right-hand man on a bench, and we already know that he has experience working for this organization. Some negatives. You know, his struggles in Oakland as a manager should be considered, but maybe this will be different, right? Oakland never really seem serious putting a team together and it's still like that now probably a reason why Bob Melvin left so can we really judge Bob Guerin too much on his Oakland days I don't really know especially since growing with the Mets and the Dodgers and seeing how those teams are run this may be a better opportunity to him and I can't really find too many faults other than that for him so I do think he's a serious consideration to be the Mets manager. If he becomes man Mets manager, that's another thing. But I do think he's in under serious consideration. Then there's one more candidate. It was the mystery candidate that we were all trying to find out. His name, Clayton McCullough, 41 years old, Dodgers first base coach. Previously, their minor league coordinator. He managed in the Blue Rays organization for nine years. And last year was his first on the major league staff. Now, just like Don Kelly, I don't think that Clayton McCullough really has a chance at being the manager. I would be very surprised if it's him. Maybe he could be the bench coach. Maybe that's something that they're considering, but I don't see him being the manager 
of the Mets. Now, as of this episode being recorded, the Mets just wrapped up the first round of interviews that have been commenced and were run by Billy Epler. Now we're going to get on to round two, which will involve owner Steve Cohen moving forward. I don't know if that's how soon that's going to happen, but I think by next week we might know who the manager is. I heard from Andy Martino on Twitter that, you know, this second round is only going to be three candidates going forward. So my assumption, and don't quote me on this, but this is just, I'm just throwing this out that the three I think will be a Buck Showalter, Bob Guerin, and Matt Catraro. And I didn't name Joe Espada. I don't know how serious they are about Espada becoming manager because I think he wants to stay in Houston. But uh, if I had to pick three, I think it's Buck Showalter, obvious name, has the most experience out there. Bob Guerin, because he has the New York ties, been here before, done it, and he's had a lot of success now with the Dodgers. And also, Matt Catraro, considering, you know, all the success that Tampa's had and all the success that comes out of that Rays organization. I think those three will be the ones to go into the final stages and the final round of the, I guess, second portion of the interview with uh, Steve Cohen. Now, my conclusion on this managerial search, I'm not going to pick my favorite to be manager. I've seen a lot of you guys pick who you want to be the manager, and I just, it leaves the frustration and disappointment at the door if they don't choose my guy. Obviously, even from the start, look, I talked at the beginning of the show, I said I wanted John Gibbons or Joe McEwing. None of those guys were even considered. So I don't know how this is going to go. And I also don't want you all to be disappointed on what happens. Everyone is thinking that it's going to be Buck. There are people who want Buck. There are people who don't want Buck. Um, But it does seem a little too 100%, I guess, that it's going to be Buck. And I don't want people to be disappointed if they don't choose Buck. Here is what I think the Mets need. I feel like they need a veteran and someone under him as bench coach to take over for the long haul eventually. Kind of the way Dusty Baker and Joe Espada have been teamed up together. Now remember, Steve said they can't learn on his dime. That was one of the big things in his press conference. He doesn't want anyone learning on his dime. So it leads me to believe that at this point, it's going to be a veteran manager. Whether it is a Buck Showalter, whether it is a Bob Guerin, or maybe they do go with a Brad Osmus. I don't know. I don't think he's going to make it to the next round, but those are the veteran type managers that are available. This person needs to balance the analytics with the eye test. A lot of people really love analytics, but then there's also the portion of people who love playing baseball the way it used to be played. I think those days are over, but I think we can have a balance of both. You can have the analytics, but in big game situations, you also want that eye test. And I feel like Luis Rojas lacked that. And we are going to get a change this coming season and moving forward. But the analytics, that is not all that the managerial job entails. Because he also will need to be able to handle the clubhouse and the media, which is a huge deal in New York. You know, the Mets seemed to make moves not only to improve the team, but to kind of change the culture and the landscape of the locker room. It just seemed that way. And maybe maybe I'm wrong, but that's just a little feeling that I got out of that. Which leads to my final point. And most importantly, whoever this manager is needs to fit the vision that Steve Cohen, Sandy Alderson, and Billy Epler have put into place for next season and beyond. 
That's very important. Whoever the manager is that is hired should get our full support, at least at the beginning of his tenure. And then if he's struggling, everyone is going to go and be upset about it anyway. But at least at the start, we should be supportive, whether it's a grizzled veteran, whether it's someone new. I think that the Mets have a vision of what they want, and they've kind of followed through this whole offseason. So I have full faith and trust in what they're going to do and this whole process going together. So soon enough, we are going to find out who this manager is. Now, my final thoughts before this train leaves the station, congratulations to Gil Hodges, the late Gil Hodges and his family. He is to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. It's awesome. Long overdue. Finally, Gil Hodges will be going into the Hall of Fame. I didn't know that Gil Hodges was on the ballot 34 times. That was in an article that Anthony DeComo wrote. But he finally made it in, being voted in by the Golden Days era panel. Let's take a look at Gil's stats here as a baseball player first, and then we'll get into his managerial career. Eight-time All-Star, two-time world champion, three-time Gold Glover hit 370 home runs, had 1,274 RBI, 63 stolen bases, on base percentage of 359, slugging percentage of 487, a OPS of 846, OPS plus of 120. His WAR 43.9. I don't know if they had those stats out back then, but that seems to be very important these days. Batting average 273 for his career. He played two years also in the Mets, 16 years with the. Brooklyn and Los Angeles Dodgers, and then he played two seasons with the Mets. He had nine home runs, 20 RBIs. He batted 248, and that was towards the tail end of his career. And we get into, you know, what really matters to the Mets fans, and that is his managerial career. And he came over from the four years that he was with the Washington Senators, and he came over to the Mets in 1968. One year later, turned the team around to a 162 record, helped them win the World Series. Very instrumental. 1970 and 1971 finished both years 83 and 79, and as a career, 339, 309 record with a 523 winning percentage for the New York Mets. A world championship, one pennant. He's a Hall of Famer now. Finally, it got done. So exciting. So happy that Gil is in. Emotional watching this whole thing this past uh, week. And um, I didn't even know these guys. I never grew up watching these guys. But it was emotional to see them finally make it in. All of the candidates that got in. All of the new Hall of Famers. It was awesome to watch. You got to be happy for Gil's wife, 95 years old, couldn't imagine how she and her kids feel now that Gil is in, and you got to be thinking of Tom Seaver, right? Tom Seaver loved Gil Hodges, he always got emotional talking about Gil Hodges and how important Gil was to not only him personally, but also the Mets. He will be inducted July 24th in Cooperstown at the 2022 Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Congrats to Gil, his family, and the rest of the inductees. Jim Cott, Minnie Minoso, Tony Oliva, Bud Fowler, and Buck O'Neill. Let's wrap up the show here. Please take a few minutes to write me a review. Let me know what you think of the show, what you like, what you don't like. You could do that on Apple Podcasts and give me a one a five-star review hopefully it's a five-star and leave comments in the review section i want to make this show better each and every week 
And with your help, I can do that. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Subway to Shea. Listen and subscribe to the show on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Breaker. Turn on those notifications to never miss an episode of Subway to Shea. Also, I'm a contributor for Rising Apple, a New York Mets site on the fan side network. You can check out my articles for Rising Apple as I will leave the links in the description of this episode. Make sure to follow Rising Apple on Twitter at Rising Apple blog. And like I mentioned earlier, you're going to see a couple of links, one with my Seth Lugo article, one with my Brad Ausmus for possible manager article. Check those out. They'll be in the description. Everyone, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you all so very much. That will do it for this week's episode. As we come to you next week, maybe the Mets will finally have their manager and we will focus on who that manager is. Always remember to listen, subscribe, share, and review. For Anthony Rivera, you've been listening to the Subway to Shape podcast. Let's go Mets.